0: Hey friends, this is Shadima, also known as the Type A Hippie, and this is the Type A Hippie podcast, SheCast episode 68, and I'm on with, she's becoming actually like one of my favorite people, and we just talked for, honestly, what should have been um, a pre-call of 5 to 15 minutes was probably, I don't know, Christina, like 40 (laughs) minutes. (laughs) Oops. Right, we just started talking, we're like, oh, that could be another episode up another episode. We're not going to go down that rabbit trail. But um, so I'm on with Christina Mensah and she is a Seiko fellow and that's how we met. And uh, let's see, we have a lot of similarities, but we won't go into those today. But I will say welcome to the podcast. I'm really glad that you were able to join.
1: Thanks for inviting me, Chidima. It's a pleasure.
0: Awesome. So I would love to have you introduce yourself in your own words briefly to listeners and to myself.
1: All right. Well, my name is Christina Mensah. I'm coming up on 10 years of marriage to my wonderful husband, and we have two daughters, uh, Jada and Jolie, ages six and seven. And we recently moved from New York City to Tacoma. Um, I'm a former high school New York City teacher, now turned. Postpartum doula, childbirth educator, and of course, Sego Fellow.
0: Awesome. I didn't know you were a doula. I love this because I always learn something new about folks that I have on. So that's that's really cool. So, yeah, we'll definitely talk more offline about a lot of different things. So, so friends, I put out uh, an SOS of sorts um, in a manner of speaking on Facebook because I really wanted to dig into survivors. Stories. And so I thought, let me do a survivor series arc on this podcast and dedicate 10 episodes back to back to back, speaking with people, hearing in their own words about an experience that they had and overcoming it um, and coming to the other side. And calling themselves a survivor. And I I let the definition be incredibly loose. And Christina, you responded. So what made you decide to either message me or comment that you were interested in sharing your story?
1: Well, um, you know, we're all survivors, I guess, in some some way. But um, I consider myself a survivor because... Um, back in two thousand and nine i had i was diagnosed with ovarian cancer while I was pregnant and um yeah so i 'm i 'm a cancer survivor that 's that 's my survivor that 's when I think of survivor that 's what I think of sure so tell us a little bit more
0: about that because i 'm sure that there's definitely more to that than what you just shared so how did you you know, the diagnosis and the fact that you were pregnant, walk us, walk us through that.
1: Sure. So, um, I was just, you know, your average high school, New York city teacher. And, um, my husband had actually just gotten into a program, which was having us moving from, um, New York to Oakland at the end of the school year. So oops, it's, uh, you know, March, I find out that I'm pregnant, um, which was not a planned thing. So I go to the doctor for the appointment. And the first thing that the ultrasound tech says to me is like, oh, did you know your ovaries enlarged? And I said, no, I didn't. Like, is that a good thing? And, you know, as soon as she was like, let me go get the doctor because I can't talk to you about this and she left the room i looked at darius and i was like um should i be nervous and that sort of started the process of i would say 17 about no 10 to 12 weeks of like constant doctor's appointments and sure. um measuring and it's getting bigger and we're really concerned about this and Um, The doc, the oncologist that I had been referred to said, you know, I'm really, I know you're moving and, you know, we don't think this is cancer, but it's probably a cyst or endometrioma and we don't want it to burst while you're pregnant because, you know, once you leave our system, um, we don't know what kind of care you're going to get. So she wanted to do a preventative surgery. So, um... She It was scheduled for the week before we were supposed to pack up our, like, leave New York and, and go to Oakland, and um, my mom was coming because she was going to help us pack up, and I had really bad morning sickness. I'd lost, like, 20 pounds in the first 15 weeks because I was, like, couldn't keep anything down, so she was oh. coming to help us pack, um, and so we go in for a surgery that they're like, it's going to be outpatient. We're going to use, we're going to do a lathroscopic surgery. Um, It's going to be like two hours in and out. You know, it's the last, literally the last week of school. So I was skipping Regents and um, Regents in New York city is when the kids do all the testing. So there aren't kids like constantly in school and you're not teaching classes. So, Um, and I remember waking up from the surgery and (laughs) like, oh, my belly hurts really, really bad, and you know I'm drugged, so I'm out of it. And the first thing that I hear my husband say to me is, "You have cancer." <laughs> and I was just like laying on the bed, and he swears to me that was not the first thing that he said to me, but of course that's really the only thing that I remember. Sure. Um, and it was like the weirdest thing, you know. I'm drugged, I'm out of it, and I have cancer. What? Um, So I spent the following week in the hospital and thankfully they found out that it hadn't spread. It was just, you know, my ovary. So I had ovarian cancer and um, that's when, you know, like life was upside down. Like all of a sudden, you know, you think that nothing bad is ever going to happen to you and then you're, and then you have cancer. (laughs) So. Yeah. Well, and you said on the pre-call that
0: it was a longer, so the surgery wasn't as short as they thought. No,
1: it, so it ended up being eight and a half hours. Um, She ended up cutting from my belly button down to my, my pubic bone and had actually closed me up and had the lab had taken it. um, And, and then she got a call saying, actually it's cancer. And she didn't believe that it was true. So she went up and looked at it with her own eyes. And then suddenly there's like 50 people in the room because I have cancer and I'm 18 weeks pregnant. And so um, they had a bunch of people, you know, all the med students, I was at Lenox Hill. And so they, so, so they ended up opening me all the way up to my breastbone and go, taking all of my organs out and going and taking samples from all of my lymph nodes. And that, I've got to say, was probably the most pain I've ever been in. I can still remember the pain of recovering from that. Um, and I had, I had two unmedicated natural childbirths, so uh, that was easier um, than recovering from that surgery. It was, wow. it, was it was pretty rough
0: sure so what if any additional treatment did you have to undergo once you were told it was cancer
1: um so that's kind of the crazy thing they because it was my my ovary was you know like triple in size yeah. but it was all contained inside of the ovary. So they took the ovary and the fallopian tube out of my right side, and I didn't have to, thankfully, I didn't have to have radiation or chemo.
0: Okay.
1: So it was one of those really hard things to sort of process, and it took me a really long time because it was like I went in for surgery for something I thought was something, you know, you know just assist. cyst. And I woke up, say, you know, with the diagnosis of cancer, but the cancer was gone. So I had cancer, but I, and then I didn't have cancer and I didn't have that experience of like chemo and radiation. So wrapping my head around that when it was, you know, it was more of like, it was harder for me to, in the immediate was like healing from such a massive surgery while pregnant and and then it wasn't until like a couple of years later that i like wrapped my round around head around the idea of like oh wait i had cancer um so it was it was a process of healing and i would say like you know 8 years later i'm finally i finally feel like i've i've done i've i've, I've worked through it so
0: yeah so what was it 2 years after the experience that was there a triggering experience or moment what made it so that that was kind of when the light went off that you had had cancer you no longer had it and you started to do some process work around that
1: so I think there was so much happening when when it went down we were moving across country I was pregnant for the first time um I was had really bad morning sickness um I spent six weeks after that away from my husband because he was starting a new job and he had to be at a, in a different place. And, and then we moved and there was a bunch of drama around my husband not getting paid. And so it was like a whole bunch of little fires that I had to put out. And then I had my baby and then I was in like new mom survival mode. And then I got pregnant again like when she was seven months. So it was like a constant, you know, there wasn't time to think about it, and then, and then I was at a birth workshop when I first got trained to be a doula. Um, it's called Birthing from Within, and they do a lot of talk about um, archetypes and like where people are at and their, and just what they're afraid because we in Birthing from Within we talk a lot about fears. And what you might be afraid of when you go into birth and trauma that you might have had that, you know, so we're doing this whole training about how to teach childbirth classes and be a doula. And I'm like sitting there thinking, like, oh my God, like I'm a traumatized person. (laughs) And 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 that's sort of like when I realized, like, oh, this is something that's actually affecting me, you know, subconsciously on a daily basis that I just haven't dealt with. And that sort of triggered me delving into to the healing process
0: yeah it's um yeah it's interesting that you say that it was kind of your work in another arena that made you think about your own experience um and what I find beautiful in that is that as you're doing work with you know, mothers in your role as a doula, having had an experience where you knew that you became more aware of kind of the past, your past experience, and um, maybe were triggered in, you know, in the training. I'm sure that will come into play in a positive way in terms of you being empathetic to mothers that maybe you know having an experience that is triggering at the time of something from the past, like some uh, trauma that they've experienced, um, mm-hmm. which is, which is a beautiful thing. So, so you said that you've still been doing work, um, over the last, you know, eight years. What does that mean to you? Like what is the work or what has been the work for you? Um, in terms of coming to terms and healing.
1: Well, so I, I've I've tried to do so. I've been doing up until this last year. I did um, I've volunteered to do fundraisers to raise money for ovarian cancer awareness, and um, I've talked to other survivors. And a lot of it for me was like, well, I didn't. You know, people who are cancer survivors have gone through a huge you know, like radiation chemo, they've been so sick. They've been, you know, and I felt like I couldn't process it that way because I didn't have it when I woke up after having surgery, if that makes any sense. Like, I'm sure it was just a mental thing in my head where it was like, well, I didn't have cancer, but then I had cancer, but then I didn't have cancer. So, um, th- I- I, I had to do a lot of work around accepting like yes you did. And yeah, it wasn't um, a nine month, you know, process of chemo, but it still was traumatic and it still was a real thing and you know, it has affected your life and coming to terms with that and and, and I think also, you know, people who have had cancer or who have family members who have had cancer will say, Well, oh, it wasn't that bad or because you didn't have to, you know, you didn't have to go through all the other things. And so for a while, I just kind of accepted it as, you know, well, you you know, it wasn't that bad, but it was, it was very traumatic. And so once I decided to call it what it was, which was trauma and it was life threatening and it could have been much worse if I wasn't pregnant, at the time, because I probably wouldn't have found out until it was too, you know, it had spread, um, then I was able to, like, deal with it and move on and, sure. you know, spread the word for awareness. Yeah, totally. So speaking of spreading the word for
0: awareness, what are some organizations that um, a listener, if they feel compelled to donate, where, what are some reputable sources or reputable places that you would suggest
1: um so um there is a there's a there's a lot of um sorry i'm trying to remember the acronym yeah totally um give me a second um So, there's uh, the National Ovarian Cancer Coalition. Okay. um, And the Ovarian Cancer Research Fund Alliance. And they do a lot of, you know, like September actually happens to be National Ovarian Cancer Awareness Month. Um, Make sure you know your symptoms. But, uh, yeah, those are, they do, they do walks for fundraisers and I did a lot of, um, actually cycles, um, ovarian cancer, ovarian Mm. cancer cycles when I was in New York City, um, to raise money and that was always a good time. Cool. Um, so friends,
0: I will include that in the show notes. Um, Christina, how do you self-care?
1: How do I self-care? Yeah. Um, well, I hang out with my friends. Mm -hmm. Um, I get, I do a lot of (laughs) mani-pedi, but also I found that yoga really is what is the most relaxing and actually, you know, gets me in the best space that I can be. So I, if I can get to yoga three times a week in the mornings, that really, that's a good self-care for me.
0: Awesome. Well, you know me, I love yoga. (laughs) I I teach it too. So I'm partial, but I love when people say that they go to yoga. It makes me happy. Awesome. So is there anything else that you would like listeners to
1: think about, hear from you? Well, um, I would say know the symptoms. So I'm just going to tell you the symptoms. Um, Bloating, uh, pelvic abdominal pain, um, urinary frequency. So changing of your, um, urinary pattern and difficulty eating, which, you know, you think of those are like the main four symptoms that can be associated with a lot of things, right? I did not know that I had cancer. I had, you know, I just walked through my life thinking, Oh yeah, I have bad cramps or like, I'm a little bloated and I didn't think anything about it. So really listen to your body and, you know, be aware, because awesome. early treatment has, um, you know, you have a longer life expectancy. If it gets for ovarian cancer, can be very deadly if it's caught late. So you want to catch okay. it early.
0: Totally. Well, I'm so grateful that the divine allowed our paths to cross, um, and that you did have the experience in the order that you did because your life could be different than it is now. And, um, I'm glad that it worked out and that you are cancer free today, you know, so you get to be a light in the community, um, which you are to me and to countless others, I'm sure. So thank you so much for coming on and being brave and sharing your story about survival and, um, I'm really grateful that you messaged me or wrote a comment or something and reached out. So thanks for being here.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Awesome. So let's find a story friends. And like I said, I will, um, I'll get you the acronyms for, um, For what's it called? For the um, ovarian Cancer kind of awareness organizations. Let's see. Mm. I'm looking at Humans of New York because y'all know that's what we um, we read from. And Let's see. We'll find a good one. Okay, so this is a nice one. It's an older woman, appears to be, and she says, I'm 90, but I feel like I'm 50. I don't take any medicine. I never complain. I'm just happy to be alive. I tell people, start with what you have, not with what you want. Every day I dance for two hours, and I'm still really interesting too. I love politics and literature. I love the sciences, and I've got a boyfriend named Alexander. (laughs) We exchange books. I don't even know how old he is. (laughs) So that's a, a young woman in Moscow, Russia. That's cute. Um, awesome. So Christina sent me over the links to the two organizations she mentioned. So I will include those in the show notes. Um, and thank you all so much for supporting this podcast. It really means a lot to me. Um, please let me know what you'd like to hear and I will always take things under advisement and do my best to make it happen for you. I honor the place within you where the entire universe resides. I honor the place within you of love, of light, of truth, of peace. I honor the place within you where when you are in that place in you and I'm in that place in me, there's only one of us. So thanks again for spending time here. My name is Chidima, the Type A Hippie, and this is the Type A Hippie Podcast, She casts Episode 68. Definitely share this episode with someone who you could use some inspiration Until next time, have a gratitude-filled day. Namaste.